It's my husband. He's gone missing. Missing? I'm terribly worried. It's just Fred's never been gone this long before. How long has he been missing? Since the funeral. Well, I can start right away. You're a private investigator? My profession is very complicated, okay? It's nuanced. That is a lot of, that's a lot of blood. You beat people up and charge money? Yeah. Sad, isn't it? How much would you charge to beat up my friend Janet? What? How much you got? 30 bucks? That's good. This conversation no is over. The mob is trying to spread its operation to Los Angeles. Somehow, my daughter Amelia is involved. Please, find her. You seen this girl? Who's in it for me? Oh, we can do this the easy way. Ow! We're currently doing it the easy way. Whatever happened to offering me 20 bucks? It's the recession. This is a high-profile case. Made the newspapers. Where is Amelia? What the hell's going on? Oh, you know, there's a guy coming to kill us. That kind of crap. Hey, can you behave like a professional? I'm sorry. She's in danger, man. We have to do something about it. She's dead. She's not dead. She's dead. She's not dead. Why do you think everyone involved with this case was dying? not you. You're not a murderer. I just killed three people. I know, but I'm saying deep down. Look, if you come in here, you beat up on me. It's part of the job. I accept it. But what did you do? You pissed me off. Before we go solving the crime of the century, let's deal with the rotting corpse. We got a plan. Run. Should have won an Oscar, a podcast where we talk about films that, get this, should have won Oscars. Connor McPartland alongside Younger Brother and co-host Aiden McPartland, say other people, Aiden. Hello. Today, we will be talking about The Nice Guys. Released on May 20th, 2016, it had a budget of $50 million and made $63 million at the box office. It was written, directed by Shane Black, starring Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. Aiden, why should this film have won an Oscar? It's, it's just, it's it's really just hilarious. You know, I think, I, I've, I've watched this movie enough to the point where I'll say, I think it's one of the greatest comedies, not only of the last century, but like of all time. I think that there's not really a single joke that doesn't land here. And everything in this movie is just, on point. The script is hilarious and the chemistry between Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe is just so perfect in every way. And I just it's just astonishing to me that this was not a flop but like not as big as I think it should have been. So there are a lot of aspects of, about this movie that I want to talk to you about. So I, I completely agree with you. This is the, one of the funniest movies of the century. This is one of the greatest little scene movies i think yes there's not 
like to say, oh, what's the best scene in the movie is really weird because there's not many scenes. It's just like a bunch of moments, you know? What's really there are a few really great things about this movie. One of them being is that I feel like they won't make this movie anymore. No. Um, not only because they have data that I mean, it made its money back. It made a little more than its money back, mm-hmm. but um I, I, I don't even see like this going to like a Netflix, like being a Netflix movie, you know? Yeah, I don't I don't think that it'll really have like that kick that a lot of other movies do when they go to like streaming platforms because I don't think it probably will. Yeah. And it kind of sucks that this kind of movie won't be made anymore. Um, but a- another thing that I want to talk to you about was the serious actor in the comedic role. Mm, yes. Because this has both obviously Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. We'd seen, I think we'd seen Ryan Gosling. In We've seen Ryan Gosling in, in Crazy Stupid Love. Like he's really Crazy funny Stupid in Love. Crazy Stupid Love. There's some comedy in Lars and the Real Girl. Um, and then Russell Crowe had kind of, I don't think he had ever landed like a great comedic performance like this before. Had he ever done like a straight comedy up until this point or has he did, or did he just do like a few dramas with a hefty amount of comedy? I think he did a few of those dramedies, the ones that, you know, like Jack Nicholson would always Mm, win a couple Oscars for. Um, but I wanted to ask you, like, is Ryan Gosling in this movie? Is that one of the greatest serious actors choosing to do a comedic performance i mean i think so but then again like i can't really think of any other actors who have done that but like ryan gosling is just everything about him in this is just so great he's like essentially hit rock bottom but it's still hilarious just to watch him Mm -hmm. like everything he like his little movements that he does like the way he screams when russell crowe breaks his hand right it's just so hilarious and there's a scene in which both of them are in an elevator and his face just like one side of his face just like completely falls right like i don't know how he did that but it's so funny it's his his character is given up on life yes really and the physical comedy that he does in the movie Mm -hmm. where he just kind of like won't care what happens to his body anymore he'll just (laughs) bump into things and he'll drag his feet and it's just it's such a subtle thing in his performance that makes it yeah it seems like everything was like really thought out you know in this movie and it's it's a detective movie too, which is mm-hmm. great. The the yeah, murder, murder mystery. mysteries are always like really good. Mm-hmm. They're always a great driving point. They're always really fun. And then the other question I'd ask you was: Is this does Crow and Gosling in this movie? Is this like the best chemistry two actors have had in a movie? In let's just narrow it down to the two thousand tens. If you I want. think, I think so. At least in comedies. Especially in comedies. Because yes. like, I think you could put, I mean, we've talked about Rachel McAdams and Jason Bateman on the mm-hmm. podcast yeah. already. I think you could put them up there. Oh, man, Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe just work so well off of each other in this movie. Russell Crowe just being like this more professional dude. And the way he just interacts with Ryan Gosling as this low life, like mm-hmm. hippie person is just so perfect. It's also like, um, it's, it's a it's a dark comedy, I think, right? Would you call it's, it a dark comedy? I think it's I think it's definitely more comedy than it is a dark comedy. Yeah, but, but yeah. it is it is dark in the sense that like because Russell Crowe, it's something that I didn't notice until the second time I watched the movie how Russell Crowe like refuses to have a drink, mm-hmm. and then at the very end, when spoiler alert, they they catch the killer, but then the killer walks free. Ryan Gosling is meeting him in a bar and he's just Russell Crowe's just given up and starts mm, drinking. Yeah. Like it's it's 
Dark it doesn't really leave on. you off on like the happiest ending in the world. Right. But it does leave you off on great segue an ending that could have garnered a sequel. And Russell Crowe has actually said that the two movies he wish had, he had made sequels for was LA confidential and this mm. movie. Yeah. Two very, two simultaneously kind of the same movies and very separate at the yeah. exact, at the exact right. same time. <laughs> kind of similar, but also not similar. And it's just, w- would you have wanted a nice guys too? See, I'm always scared for sequels, but especially sequel comedies. Yeah. Cause like those are notorious for being terrible. What are your thoughts on horrible bosses too? Honestly. Well, I mean, compared to one, it's just like not as funny. Like controversial opinion. I'm not a huge fan of Chris Pine in that movie. I love oh, Chris Pine wow. in general, but okay. I'm not a huge fan of him in that movie. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, like, Horrible Bosses 1 is just, like, such a lightning in a bottle kind of thing. It should have been the dumbest thing in the world, right. and it kind of was. But, like, the way Charlie Day, Jason Sudeikis, and Jason Bateman are just together is just hilarious. Right. I don't think I really would have wanted this movie to have a sequel. I think you could have easily done a sequel if you wanted to. Yeah. But I feel like the fact that it's on its own and that this now might become a cult movie. I think, like, yeah, 20 I, years down the yeah, road. Yeah, th- this is, like really the only movie I can think of in the 2010s that is going to have a huge cult following yeah. in like, like half a decade. I feel like I'm going to be telling my kids about this the same way dad told us about Go. Like yes. It's a movie, like it's yes, a, a movie, movie that barely anybody watched, but is like really good. Yeah. Like this is like the kind of movie you would own on, like, on your DVD, mm-hmm. like own on DVD at like college. You know, it seems like that kind of a movie that Absolutely. you would just watch over and over again. Um... Also, I didn't expect, like, the rewatchability of this movie. I remember, like, the first time I saw it, I was like, I don't think I can ever watch that again because it was just too funny. And then it was just on HBO and we were watching it, and it's still hilarious. Right, yeah. Like, this, and it's it's just so many good things. And it is mainly the Russell Crowe, Ryan Gosling scenes, yeah. which the movie does a great job of having them in most of their scenes together. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really only at the beginning. And even at the beginning, there's still comedic moments yeah. that they both have separately. They both just carry this movie. Just so everything well. about this movie just works. Like the lines that they say are hilarious, but like the way Ryan Gosling delivers your sister is such a slut is mm-hmm. just so perfect in every sense of the word. Absolutely. Even like the little girl isn't that annoying in the movie. The the daughter. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's not that bad. So, in terms of Oscars, Ryan Gosling gets nominated for an Oscar this year, but it's not for this movie. It is for La La Land, and you. And I, I think, I think you've turned me or both under the opinion that it should have been for this movie. It probably should have been for this movie. I think, I, I think he's doing a little bit more in this movie than he was in La La Land. You know, like he's not doing a whole lot in La La Land. And I don't want to like discount his performance. He's really good in La La Land. Mm-hmm. Like he's just doing so, he's throwing a hundred. He is. He's, he's, he's. It's, it's so hard. It's something that would never happen, right? Because no, it's, it, I was like. I would have been completely shocked if, like, they gave this movie, like, original screenplay. Right. Because you can count the number of times on your fingers that a comedic performance like this has been nominated for uh, acting Oscar. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I mean, the last time was probably Melissa McCarthy in Bridesmaids, right? I mean, at least that kind of comedy. Right. You know, like, they will, of course, nominate, like, performance in, like, Search Ramen and Lady Bird. Or, like, everyone in Birdman. Right. Right. Um, so, so it pro- 
it's just I agree with you because in La La Land it is just like I'm singing, I'm dancing, mm-hmm. I'm playing the piano. I think it's one of those things where you are like, oh, he he learned he had to learn how to play the piano, he had to learn how to dance. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you can see he's doing that, and then he's also acting real. And again, I I don't hate Ryan Gosling in La La Land at all. I think obviously he and Emma Stone have really great chemistry yeah. in that movie. It just so happens that. And it's it also does get into that different conversation about judging a comedic performance with a dramatic performance too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but could you have argued? I mean, because you also had that year nominated. So Casey Affleck wins for Manchester by the Sea. Ryan Gosling is nominated for La La Land. Denzel Washington for Fences. Andrew Garfield for Hexar Ridge. And Viggo Mortensen for Captain Fantastic. I mean, I remember Captain Fantastic like had a moment. It, it, I remember. Well, with like you, that. it certainly did. You wanted. Uh, I kind of wanted. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. I mean, we rarely ever see double nominees in the same category. But no. boy, oh boy, would that have been. So- I think looking back now, obviously, you say Casey Affleck, but I mean, that's just for current recent mm-hmm, events. Yeah. Or maybe even Andrew Garfield for Hacksaw Ridge, which is a movie that has not lived on. Nobody. Like, I remember, like, that was. An in the moment movie, like people it were was. like, "Oh my god, Mel Gibson!" It, like he's back, it, or people were saying it was like the greatest war movie they'd ever seen. Like it was surpassing Saving Private Ryan, and I think they expected it to have the rewatchability of Saving Private Ryan. And oh. now I I don't see it on cable at all. I don't know. I don't, I don't continue to hear people talk about that. One movie. of my friends is like like loves war movies. He's so interested in war, and I asked him, "Have you seen Hacksaw Ridge? Like, is it any good?" And he was like. Oh, I remember watching that. I didn't like it. Yeah. So I, I wonder if Andrew Garfield should maybe be taken out here. And, Say and what you will about Casey Affleck and Manchester by the Sea, but like that's a Oscars performance. No, oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. I mean, he. I, it makes complete sense looking back now that he won. I, I just think. I think probably Andrew Garfield. It's also for the whole, like, I'm going to, it's, it's for the character of it, mm-hmm. I think, more so than the performance. The fact yeah. that he's going to be. Uh, a person who doesn't who doesn't kill in war, he's gonna be. It's it's the Green yeah. Book of it all, right? It's like why Viggo Mortensen got nominated for Green Book because not only is it a weight game, but it's also like I'm gonna help this. Hey, racism is not hey, okay, guys. Race, racism is bad. Yeah. Okay. Did Spoiler. you know that? Um, original screenplay. The nominees uh, were Hell or 20th Century Women, Hell or High Water, La La Land, The Lobster. And Manchester by the Sea, Manchester by the Sea ends up winning it. That is a really good category. That is a really that good is a category. really solid screenplay category. Because, I mean, Hell or High Water is still so surprising that it got as much as it got. I know. Many years like, later. like, well, I don't even know. Like, was the campaign like that huge, or was just like the Oscars? Did like one of them watch this movie and force everybody else to watch? Maybe. It? What do you think is more surprising? The fact that um, it got as much as it got at the Oscars, or that Hell or High Water has actually lived on while Hacksaw Ridge. I know that's insane to think about. I remember like just being like Hell or High Water. Is this going to be like one of those movies that like nobody's going to talk about? And like a lot of people are putting on their decade end list and nobody even remembers Hacksaw Ridge anymore. Yeah, it's crazy. That's insane. And then 20th Century Women is an interesting pick for original screenplay. I mean, I was I was just about to bring up 20th Century Women and The Lobster, which are two indie movies that came out this year or this year that year in 2016 <laughs> stop laughing at me sorry um and both of them I, I i guess the lobster i guess isn't as surprising as 20th century women yeah 20th century women is like an indie indie it movie is. well like the lobster had like a few big names behind it mm-hmm. 
Like, I still kind of get why it got nominated. It got a few Golden Globe nominations, didn't it? The Lobster? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, Colin Farrell got nominated. I don't know if it got nominated for Best Comedy. Um, so, like, it's, I don't know why, it's 20th Century Women, like, I'm. it's just so surprising, you yeah. know? They always do that, like, once every year. They always give, like, a very indie movie that mm-hmm. nomination, like, the big sick at it, first reformed. That's, yeah, that's. Yeah, what what was it for 2019? Knives Out, probably. I mean, it's not really Knives Out wasn't really an indie movie, but it was like a movie that didn't get any other nominations, but probably should have. Yeah, this is because this is the only one that 20th Century Women got, and the only one that Lobster got too. I mean, um, so this is this is tough. I mean, I want to put the nice guys in here, but but I don't know. I don't know. This is might be the one thing where it's like. Expand it to six, man. Yeah, maybe Ex- we'll expand it to six Oscars. Come on, the rules, so we can just expand yeah. it to six and drop it in here. Um, and then, do you think that this should have been a? But I mean, we can talk about the Golden Globes too. What about Russell Crowe? Which is oh, Russell Crowe. That's right. That's right. Well, supporting. would he be considered supporting or lead? Because like Ryan Gosling and him have like the exact same amount of screen time. That's true. We both meet them. At they're the essentially exact same like time. almost in like this. Every scene that they're in is like. They're both in the same scene most of the time. That's you know? true. I mean, I guess you, the Academy could have made the weird argument that, like, we meet Russell Crowe's daughter, or Russell Crowe's daughter, Ryan Gosling's daughter, and we kind of know the most about him. So maybe mm-hmm. you could argue it. But maybe. I feel like you're right. I feel like you have to do central billing, which is something that they very rarely do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm thinking of, like, three billboards, you know, or, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but three billboards, like, I get why they uh, had... McDormand nominated for lead and everyone else supporting because like the movie centers around That's her, true. but like Nice Guy centers around both of them. Well, yeah, or so, so sorry. So maybe Green Book is the better example where like maybe. it's it's yeah they they There's, have they're there for the, the um, like time. amount of screen time. Yeah, but like once again, I guess the movie to say that the movie is centered around Viggo Mortensen is a little weird because like it's like the plot is about Mahershala Ali, so right. I don't really know. I mean, we can well supporting actor the nominees that year were Mahershala Ali for Moonlight, Jeff Bridges for Hell or High Water, Lucas Hedges for Manchester by the Sea, Dev Patel for Lion, and Michael Shannon for Nocturnal Animals. So you could have easily put Russell Crowe in the spot of Dev Patel or Michael Shannon, but I'm more subjective to kicking out Dev Patel just because I feel like Michael, even though I haven't seen Nocturnal Animals I just yet, like Michael Shannon. I feel like know? Michael Shannon probably gave yeah. a, a, a Oscar-worthy performance. Didn't he win the Golden Globe or was that... Someone that else. was somebody else from Nocturnal. And they didn't even get a nomination. And Mahershala Ali, yeah, he didn't get a nomination. And then Mahershala Ali lost, which is mm. so crazy, so many years later. Um, could you have argued a Best Picture nomination for this movie? Um, you didn't even it would have, through yeah, could you? Picture? Yeah, hold on. Let me get the list up. Um, so the Best Picture nominees for this year were Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. I think hmm. we've made it clear that we're an anti-Lion podcast. Well, I, I don't know if I can say anti-Lion. I just, I haven't seen it, me personally. I but did see it. You did? It's, it's fine. Like, it's, it's not, fine. it's like, it feels like a movie that uh, you could easily you would be shown in middle school like if you yeah, i was just gonna say that seems like a movie i might watch in high school yeah i, I yeah i probably would take out line of like imagine if you had the nice guys in there that'd be a pretty stat that'd be pretty stellar. i mean if we're talking about arrival fences hacksaw ridge hell or high water hidden figures la la land uh manchester by the sea moonlight and the nice guys you have I every mean, movie in there you have every your indie movie. your musical your uh racism is bad movie your war movie your mm-hmm. cry movie 
Yeah. Like everything. You still get, and you still get uh, Lion in Hidden Figures a little bit. So yeah. you still get that type of message that I think they were trying to send with nominating Hidden Figures and Lion. You still get that a little bit, even with just Hidden Figures. Mm-hmm. Um, any final thoughts about this movie? I don't, I, I, as of right now, I can't think of any other like comedy that's funnier than this. Well, let's talk about some great comedies of the decade of the 2010s game night obviously mm-hmm. um up there i mean the problem is this is like a straightforward comedy right this yeah isn't... this is like one of the last big blockbuster comedies with like a huge budget and it's a lot yeah. it's certainly the last one that worked so you mm-hmm. can't you can't put eighth grade and ladybird in the conversation no. even if i think that those are better movies because they they're because they're, 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 they're definitely comedies but they're like they have really dark moments in them right they're while not the nice guys has no dark moments in the entire movie i think the night i think shane black is trying to send messages in the nice guys but it's not in mm-hmm. the same way that bo burnham or yeah. Greg Gerwig are doing with their movies and same goes for like you know like the favorite i mean i guess crazy rich asians i enjoyed but like tag tag, tag. we are actually pro tag on this podcast i enjoyed I tag. it was the fun. subscribers it was fun. going down yeah but it was fun it was I fun it. Like we have it. negative subscribers now. Yeah, I don't we know have how that negative happened. four subscribers, and we had zero subscribers starting this <laughs> podcast. Um, I I think that this is a, a great comedy. I think when people said that comedy kind of died in the later part of the 2010s, you just point to this movie and say, "Well, well, it's still kind of alive. It's still kind know? of alive." Um, and I just really love it. It's really great. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of This Should Have Won an Oscar. On the next episode, Aiden and I will be, hey, look at that, talking about eighth grade of all films. So stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.